0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Ready to hear God's Word? All right. Let's pray and let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Okay, so we've been dealing with the issue of wisdom for living. How many of you have been blessed by the lesson so far? Can I have a little bit more volume? How many of you have been blessed by the lesson so far? All right, wisdom for what? For living, praise God. Okay, now let's. Um, this morning we're looking at a very interesting subject, and it's called correction and consequences. Correction and consequences. <laughs> Let me start with a very interesting question How many of you like to be corrected? Are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, nobody likes to be corrected. Nobody enjoys correction. Mm, That's the truth. Not everybody. Most people would not enjoy correction. So we're looking at correction and consequences. You've got to pay attention to this. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 19 We have a lot to go through this morning So we have to be a bit fast Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 19 It says Wisdom strengthens a wise man More than ten rulers who are in a city Wisdom will strengthen a wise man that means, wisdom gives you strength. Praise God. Wisdom gives you what? Strength. What that means is that when you are a wise man, it will look like you are a strong man. Things will get done in your life and people will be like, wow, that man is rich. That man is strong. That man has a lot of backing. But what they don't know is that his wisdom at work. And that's why we should go for wisdom Now uh, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13 That's where I got this The inspiration from this message from Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13 (laughs) The day I read this verse of scripture I said God help me Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13 A poor yet wise lad Is better Than an old and foolish king Who no longer knows how to receive instruction That word instruction there Is actually the word correction It says if a young man is poor But he has wisdom It says he is far better then an old foolish king who no longer receives correction. A, 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 a king who no longer receives correction, he says a poor young man, is better. Take this as a wisdom quote. A slight deviation, if left uncorrected, can result in great devastation. The wisdom quote. A slight deviation, if left uncorrected, can result in great devastation. Let me show you a practical example. Okay? A, a slight deviation, if left uncorrected, can result in great devastation. Now, everybody look up. If this were to be my destination, right? Just follow me now. Okay? I, I want to go to this place, right? All right. Let's say I want to go to that speaker. Okay? And when I start out in my journey, okay, every step I take, I move this way. Every step I take, I move this way. Every step I take, I move this way. Am I making progress? I'm making progress. But progress in which direction? In the wrong direction. But you know, the amount of steps I'm taking out of this place is not wide. I'm not, I mean, I'm not starting like I'm just going this way. No, I'm not. I'm walking gradually. Are you following me? You've got to follow this now. I'm walking gradually, but I'm making slight deviations. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, those... Listen carefully to this now. Those little deviations, if you add them up, by the time I get here, I'm way off my target. Way off my target. Little things that are not corrected. Little things... How many of you know, for those of you who sew dresses, eh, fashion people, right? If somebody tells you their waist is 30, uh, 30 what now? 35. And you, you make it 34. Right? Or 33. Are you sure the person is going to be happy with the dress? But it's just two inches. You know that two inches can be the difference between you having a customer for life and an enemy for life. Come on if you agree with what I'm saying. A poor yet wise lad is better than an old and foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. Or how to receive correction. Not many people receive correction Look at this Wisdom quotes Correction Is not a nicety It is a necessity Correction is not a nicety It's a necessity It's not something that is nice You know when I said How many people like to receive correction Some people raise their hands (laughs) But the truth of the matter is Not every one of us know how to or want to receive correction. It's not nice. Correction is not nice. But it's a necessity in life. If you want to make progress. Have you ever heard people say about someone. This person cannot be corrected. Right? They, they are going to destroy themselves. And he said, why don't you talk to him. He says, ah, he doesn't listen to anybody. Let me tell you something. Never marry somebody who doesn't listen to anybody. You know. In relationship, it will look like an asset. In marriage, it's a disadvantage. There should be someone in your life that if they say, I'll call this person, it should send some shivers down your spine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There should be someone that can correct you. Look at this. You would even find out that even God cannot correct some people. That even God would look at some people and say, that one cannot be corrected. He told Israel, he says, your backsliding heart will correct you. You know what he's trying to say? He says, the things you go through for foolishness will be what will correct you. Some people never learn until they have suffered. It doesn't matter how nice correction comes. God appears to them. Disobedience is their motto. Whatever God says, I'll do the opposite. Until life treats them in a way and some are still obstinate. If there's something you should pray for this year, is God give me a heart that can accept and yield to correction. Because you know one thing I realize when people correct you all the time and you don't listen, they'll leave you. Hmm? They'll leave you. Anything you say, oh wow, wow, that's good. (laughs) Oh, can I do this? Yes. If you find someone in your life who corrects you, be grateful. Because not many people have the benefit of correction. In fact, I'll show you as we progress, and I really hope to get at the end of this message. I'll show you at the end that sometimes your friends do not correct you because they don't want to lose your friendship. So your friends know something you're doing that is wrong, but they value the friendship more than your correctness. So they just it's okay. Ah, yeah, that my friend is ah, okay. okay. and you are going of destruction. So, the, so Solomon says, better at the wounds of a friend. We we'll get there. Let me not get ahead of myself. A person who dismiss correction is like a pilot who ignores direction from the control tower. The result can be disastrous. You want to land, and from the control tower, they say, "Move, move a couple of inches this way. I don't know how they give all their flight commands. And they say, "Move this way." He say, "It's okay, I'm okay like that." You will meet God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will meet God. Because the man at the control tower is seeing what you're not seeing. Praise God. He's seeing what you're not seeing. And he said, No, I'm okay like that. I, I like to fly this way. <laughs> you will soon meet God. And you're fortunately, listen to this very carefully. This is something I begin to realize as I grow. In my life Other people's decision affect your life So you've got to be careful who is around you Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, listen Other people's decision affect your life This one is It's just my life No, it's not just your life It's your life in connection with other people around you How many of you know people lost their goods Because Jonah got in the bus? Yeah? They went to market Planning their business And Jonah came And you know what Jonah did? Jonah's disobedience caused them to lose their goods and Jonah was sleeping. Isn't it funny that sometimes people who's got all kind of funny character are just calm and you're the one going through stress? I pray it doesn't happen in your family but do you know that if you have a very stubborn brother in the family, he causes trouble for everybody. He's the one in the police station. He's the one you're trying to build. He's the one that is insulting everybody. You that is living your life right, you're the one who has all the headache. Thank God. He doesn't have a brother like me. At a point, listen to me. At a point, you have to look people in the face and say, listen, if you make one more wrong decision, you pay for it. And he called you the next time. He's in the police station. What's his name? He said, I don't have any brother like that. He said, "Boy, it's your blood. Yes. Your blood is not meant to give you High blood pressure And they are like Okay so what will you do to him I'll just preach to him Where in prison Because Jonah was sleeping And he was the one who caused They had to wake him up Everybody is praying Why are you sleeping He said oh I'm the cause. Really <laughs> What can we do Throw him overboard. I thank God for the guys on that ship. He said, one, (laughs) two, (laughs) three. And they threw him. I mean, I'm sure those guys would have thrown him with some anger. Hey, you would have told us this. And I just threw away my gold. My friend followed the gold. Don't let disobedient people cost you your productivity. Don't let disobedient friends cost you your salvation. At a point, people have to own up to their choices. Come on, I mean if you remember choices and consequences, they've got to own up. You can't blow all your money and expect a hard-working person to foot your wrong habit. Are you still here? Come on, are you still here? All right. Wisdom for living. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 79. We have to finish this today. <laughs> rebuke a wise man, and he would love you. Did you see that? Did you see that? Rebuke a wise man. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 79. Rebuke a wise man, and he would love you. Give instructions to a wise man, and he will be wiser still. It says, when you rebuke a man who is wise, he would love you. How many of you have gone back to people and say, I want to thank you. Say, why are you thanking me? Say, because you correct me a lot. Come on, how many of you have done that? Uh, what does the Bible say about when you rebuke a wise man? He would love you. Thank you for correcting me. You know what? You know, sometimes in life, you realize that you are grateful to people who corrected you when you are older. How many of you realize that? Yeah? Yeah? You're grateful. Some people corrected you when you were growing up. When you look back, say, wow. Thank God for that uncle. As of the time they were correcting you, you were angry. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. When you correct a man who scorns at wisdom, a foolish man, he would hate you. Everything somebody does, you will talk. Everything somebody... You know. There was a time... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I've got a very funny personality. There was a time I asked my, my dad, I said, What is it? I mean, my dad would send me to go and type outlines, right? We used to walk from if you know where it then from Uborikoko down to Estate. There were very few computer centers to go and type an outline. I would sit there in the sit there after school, close school by two, sit for three hours without outline. I would come back. My dad will see error in it. He would correct it and send me back. I mean, there were times I held that outline on the way. I would be crying. What kind of what kind of thing is this? What kind of life is this? Am I the one that called you into ministry? I remember one of those days, he, he sent me there was an error. He said, I should go and correct it and bring it to church. I just went downstairs, went to one of my friends, and sat and watched television. Didn't go anywhere. When it was time for church, I just went. I said the person was not there. I said, the person is not there. He said, okay, take Bairo and correct everything while they are doing opening prayer. So I was correcting everything. But you know what? Today, one of the things people appreciate me for is my attention to details. But you know what happened? At that time, I didn't love my father because I was a scoffer. He says, if you reprove a scoffer, he would hate you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us hate people who are correcting us. Yeah. So every time you see them, you want to dodge. Ah, you will not say something. (laughs) Don't let people praise you to your grave. Don't let people flatter you to your destruction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at this. Proverbs 15.31 The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. I used a different translation. We'll go to Proverbs 15.31 Proverbs 15.31 He whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof Will dwell among the wise If you would give your ears to life-giving reproof Reproof means correction Give your ears to correction It says he would dwell among the wise He whose ear would listen to correction Will dwell among the wise And this is a choice It's a choice to listen to correction It's a choice to listen to when you're being corrected. Look at verse 32. He who neglects discipline, despises himself. But he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. If you neglect discipline, you are despising yourself. Many times in life, I've seen that the difference between failures and success is the ability to listen to correction. Who is correcting you? Who is correcting you? You know, you wonder how some people talk so, so arrogantly, so rude. And you wonder, did these people, did they grow up with, with people at all? Yes, they did. And everybody knows that's how they talk. But nobody has been able to correct them. Have you heard, you may, maybe you report someone to someone and say, Oh, this person, he, he talks so rudely. He ah, that's how he is. He doesn't know how to talk. But you realize that nobody has ever met them and say, Hey, come on. I don't think you're talking right. And you know sometimes when you meet them and say, I don't think the way you're talking to people is proper. You say, that's how I am. I, I just clear my mind. No, you don't have to clear it. Don't clear it. And if you're clearing it, clear it somewhere else. Don't clear it on people. The Bible says graceful words should come out of our mouth. Let our words be seasoned with salt. The best time to know if someone has self-control is when they are angry. It's not when we are all nice. Oh, praise the Lord. KDCC, more than a church. We are family. Meet them outside. Heard some Christian says, I will drop the Bible and I will deal with you. Yeah, that's him. That's him. That's the real guy there. Or have you heard people say, I will show you my true color. You know what that means? It means every other color you've been seeing is fake. That's the real guy. <laughs> Are you learning something from this? Proverbs. Let's take this wisdom quote now. Correction is not a tool for destruction. It's a tool for development. Everybody say that. Say correction. Is not a tool for destruction. Is a tool for development. Remember, we're not dealing with criticisms here. We're dealing with what? Correction. Even if it comes to criticism, there's something called constructive criticism. But that's not what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with people who are trying to hack your life down. We're not dealing with people that everything you do is wrong. You you, you must understand that. We're not dealing with people who are dealing with your self-esteem and bringing it down. That's not what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people who are giving you life-giving words of instruction and correction. Correction is not a tool for destruction. It's a tool for development. So when someone is correcting me, he's developing me. You know, people sometimes say, look, ah, the way you teach, the way you read the Bible. The first message my dad ever gave me to preach. First message. I talked about it here. I went. I read the scriptures from Ecclesiastes. Finish teaching. I won't read the scripture to you. Finish teaching. I, I, I went. I said that, and my dad told me everything you thought was wrong interpretation. When we got home, I said, "Oh, I said, so okay." So he told me what to do. I, I said, "I said, okay, what are we going to do?" Now? He says, "No, you go back on Sunday. I'll give you some time. Tell them it wasn't correct, and then interpret it properly." I said, "No, they." We. He said, "No, no, no. You can go back there and read." <laughs> And my dad, I I went back on Sunday. Imagine preaching after your ordination with suit and tie and everything. You know. And that's why, listen carefully to this. That's why, till tomorrow, I'm passionate about biblical interpretation the way I am. Because of that correction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at this. Proverbs ten seven seventeen. Looking at correction. Correction and consequences. Proverbs ten seventeen. He is on the part of life who heeds instruction, but he who ignores reproof goes astray. Can you give me another translation? Check for any other translation there. Listen, it says, he is on the part of life who heeds instruction, but he who ignores reproof, he who ignores correction, Will go astray. He will go astray. Praise God. Come on, are you here? He is on the path of life who heeds instruction. But he who ignores reproof goes astray. Now listen to to this. It means a man can ignore correction. So the fact that correction is given to you does not mean you will heed it. Look at it. The road to life is a disciplined life. Ignore correction and you are lost for good. Go back to the New American Standard. That's okay. It says ignore correction and you are done what? Lost for good. So, listen carefully. A man can ignore correction. The fact that you corrected someone Does not mean they would listen to it You can ignore it, it's your choice How many people have heard messages That can change their life And they ignored it You know the thing I like about God He doesn't force anybody To serve Him he doesn't, It's your choice If you want to be a nominal, carnal Christian It's your choice if you want to be a serious firebrand Christian, is your choice. God is not going to force you. The Holy Ghost is not a demon. You know, it's demon that possesses people. They say something and I say, Ah, what did I say? What did I say? He said, I will kill you. Ah, did I say that? The Holy Ghost will not. But you can ignore correction. Look at this. Take this wisdom quote now. Your attitude to correction... Your attitude to correction, is as important as the correction you've just received. What's your attitude to it? Your attitude to correction is as important as the correction you just received. The wrong attitude would waste learning moments. The right attitude will cause you to grow. Your attitude to correction is as important as the correction you've received. The wrong attitude would waste learning moments. The right attitude will cause you to grow. Listen, every time people correct you and you put up a wrong attitude, you've lost the moment to become better. Are you hearing this? And I'll tell you something if someone corrects you all the time, it's a proof that they absolutely love you. That's the truth. Yeah? That's the truth. You do something, they say, ah, don't do it this way. Do it. No, don't talk this way. Ah, your you own mind is too much. Is it only me? Don't you see other people? Yes, they see other people, but they have choos- chosen to let other people live the way they want to live. And I'll show you from scriptures. The Bible says, the son that God loves, he shares things, he corrects, he reproves. If God doesn't love you, he just leave you. But he corrects you. It's like that. If you were in school and you were a bit of a bright student... You just kind of... The teacher was always on your case. Huh? Sometimes you even get... I remember... I remember in J.S. 2... J.S. 2 or J.S. 1... I, I had... I had... I had very brilliant scores. And then... I had a B and a C. And then my principal called me. Mr. J.D. Oko... I can't forget that man forever. He called me to the office. And he said... And that was the first time I heard that word... He said, uh, he, he said Ogaga, oh, what happened? You got a B and a C here. And I said, oh, well, I tried my best. He says, your best is not enough. You can be a straight A student. And I said, what does that mean, sir? He said, straight A students means you can have A in every subject because it's a possibility. For the first time in my mind, the possibility of having A's in all my subjects was opened up to me. And you know what? There were guys who had C. I mean, C all around. With Sprinkled with D. Iced with E. With a touch of F. And my principal I walked up to them. and said, you are getting better. And I'm like. That guy, C was A+. These are guys that were jumping window and their head were calm. But then my principal said, come on, you can be a straight A student. But you know, I can have the wrong attitude to that and feel like yeah, what is it? Why is he always calling me? At least I'm trying. Correction is not for your destruction, it's for your development. You know, every time God told the children of Israel, don't serve other gods, don't follow the, the nations around you. Worship me alone, they won't listen. Before you know, they are married. Bah bah asteroids bah. they will not go into bondage, they will not cry. I, I mean, if you read the Old Testament, it's interesting. Oh God, if you cry, if you fall, God will, we will serve you. God will carry them. The next time, don't worship for that God. Relax, stay on your own. No, they want this. They want, I mean, that was the whole thing with the children of Israel. You know, the, the whole thing God had with the children of Israel, they don't listen to God. And then you will see where God will also rake for them. They will rake for God. And then they will settle again. Because I will scatter your bones. I will take you We <laughs> too you, to scatter your bones. <laughs> and God said, don't worry. I know what I'll do for you guys. I'll bring Jesus Christ and I'll open this door of covenant to the Gentiles. And how did God treat Israel? He opened the door for more people to come in. Yeah? And this is what happens. When somebody corrects you all the time and you don't agree... They will take those words of wisdom and feed them to someone else and live your life that way. The way God replaces people is not by destroying you. He chooses another man. So if somebody is correcting you and you feel it's correcting you too much, they'll leave you. And they will pour that wisdom to someone else and their lives will become better. See, let me tell you, even the person who corrects you is not, not a fun feeling to correct someone. It's tough. Sometimes it's a difficult decision. Shall let's say if your wife is correcting you. Because I know some of us think correction only flows from the man to the, to the wife. And, that, and if some husbands will listen to their wives, their life will make progress. Some. You, you have to know when to listen to each other. Yeah, because Sarah told Abraham to go into Haggai. That was wrong advice. That bettered Ishmael. And we're still suffering from it today. But then, Sarah told Abraham to send... Hey guy away. Abraham said for that's not happening. God says, listen to your wife. Yeah? So it didn't mean that she shouldn't listen, he shouldn't listen to Sarah. Right? But there are times you should know when to listen. It's the same way. A man can also give a wrong advice. That's why the first thing every believer should, should know is how to be led by the inward witness. So the Holy Spirit will confirm and affirm certain things to you. Praise God. Alright. Proverbs 19, verse 20. We need to finish this. Come on, guys. Proverbs 19, 20. Listen to advice and accept correction. And in the end, you will be wise. Listen to advice. Accept correction. And in the end, what will happen? You will be wise. Listen to counsel and accept discipline. That you may be wise the rest of your days. How do you get wise? By listening to correction. You know, make yourself someone that if anybody or if people want to correct you, they are not afraid if you would listen. You know, when I, when I submitted to my mentor, I, I sent him a note. I said, sir, I mean, I told him and it was very clear. I said, sir, I mean, I, I know these are the days of social media and all that. And I said, sir, if I post anything... You think should not be posted, do, doesn't come out right, let me know, I'll take it down immediately. I was in the office one day, <laughs> I think my wife was with me that day, I was in the office one day, I posted something, there was nothing wrong with it, but you could misinterpret what I was trying to, to say. And, and my dad called me, he said, yeah, I read what you post, I, I understand your heart, but it's subject to misinterpretation, people will take it this way, this way. I said, yes sir, I deleted it first and then we had the, we had the conversation. You must be open. You might have your points, but this is, what I'm, this is where I'm going. Let people know I can talk to this person. At least, let them just know that, listen, if you talk to him, he would listen. You see, anybody who doesn't have the right attitude to correction, right? When you are destroying yourself, people would watch you. Ah, ah, I wish somebody can talk to him. Hey, hey, hey I wish somebody can. Everybody would be wishing, and oh, you're dying. Let me tell you this: You can't see everything about your life. Every one of us seated here, we are perfect in our estimation. How many of you know that? You know, you, you I me, mean, come on, you know that the problem with the world is not us, right? We are good. It's the other people. Come on, how many of you agree with that? You don't agree? Yeah. Only Kalada agrees with me, and he's the only honest person. We don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. It's you that has the problem. You think you don't have a problem. The world is perfect. It's the other people. But that's not true. We all have blind spots. We all have areas in our life we're not paying attention to. If somebody corrects you all the time and you're not listening, they'll get tired. They'll leave you. It's not good for you. Hmm? Even sometimes in marriages, you, you see somebody call and say, uh, why don't you talk to your husband and say, that one, you know, they listen to anybody, just leave them. And we think it's a thing of joy. Until a radical decision needs to be made. Let me tell you something. If there's nobody in your life, if you're married, listen carefully to me, if you're married and there's nobody in your life that your wife can pick the phone and say, this is what my husband is doing and you, when she picks the phone and say, I will call this person, you're like, okay, it's okay. Let's talk about it. You're in a dangerous spot. You have to be accountable. There should be people that can correct you. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> I'll say this, right? One day, uh, myself and my mom We needed to, to communicate something to my dad I mean, it wasn't like a correction In that sense, but, you know Just something about him resting properly And just taking care of himself You know, I've spoken, and then, yeah, the man likes to work Like to work So I, I, called, I called His spiritual father and I called him up And I said, hey, how's it doing?" I said, Max, I, said, yeah. I, said, I want to report my dad <laughs> I was going to say, well, he's not resting, and he said, okay. So he called him. And my dad, you would have told me. I've been telling you. <laughs> and then the man, the man did something very, very awesome. So he asked him to fly over to come for a meeting. So my dad was excited. He said, you're going to preach for three weeks. I've set up meetings for you. And so my dad flew down, and he said, you know what? There's no meeting. I brought you here to rest. (laughs) And the anybody lyrics. I mean, and God was so good to us because at that time they checked his blood pressure, checked everything, and the doctors just said to us it was good that he came to rest. But the point I'm going is that do you have someone like that in your life? I don't fear any man, I respect only God. You will soon meet him. Praise God. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 7, five. Praise God. Is somebody learning this morning? Yes. Alright. <laughs> Don't go home and tell your husband, sit down. I want to correct you. They'll bring you back here for me. I say pastor, correct your member. Don't do that. You know the scripture says words that are rightly spoken are like what? Apples of silver. So there should be the right time to say something. Okay. Just it is better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than for one to listen to the song of fools. Hmm? It's better to listen to a wise man correcting you than to listen to people singing, dancing, entertaining your ego. It's better to listen than to listen to the song of fools. You know, the song of fools is entertaining. When they are singing for you, you're happy. It's entertaining. But listening to a rebuke is not. I mean, imagine standing there and somebody's correcting you. It's not it. I mean, they can't be correcting you While you are dancing. And you're like, wow, why are you dancing? I'm so happy. No. You're not, you're not happy when they're correcting you. But he says, listen, it's better. It's better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than to listen to the song of fools. People will always sing your praises. Right? You remember one, one president we have? We had then, not we have. Hmm? General Sania Abacha. How many of you remember General Sanya Abacha? Hmm? You know there were people who endorsed him. All the political parties endorsed him. And then, remember the one million match for Abacha? Right? Those are song of fools. Endorsing him. In life, no matter how bad you are, you would have endorsements. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So endorsement is not the proof that you're doing the right thing. And I really want to get there. Because this is where we need to be careful of our circle of friends. Because your friends can love you to your destruction. And will never correct you. Are you still here? Okay, let's go on. Take this wisdom. Uh, have I given you your attitude to correction? Yeah, you, you, you've gotten that. Now look at this. Uh, Proverbs 12.1 Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. You know, someone sent me a message the other day. He said, I've been listening to your wisdom for, for living series. Where, where were all these passages all these years? I said, yes, we need to pay attention. All of scriptures will help us. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. If you hate correction. If you hate correction, you must learn to be corrected. For instance, how do you learn to cook better? Or how do you learn to wash better? Or how do you learn to clean the house better? You know it's by correction, right? Hello? You know it's by correction, right? You sweep the house, and then what happens? They say, hey, come back here. Hey, 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 come back here. (laughs) You know, I remember in those days growing up, and then I'll sweep the house. And then, when I sweep the house, you know, maybe there's, there's a, a rug there, a small rug, right, or something. I'll sweep around it, you know. How many of you were like me? So, you guys are my mentors. Alright, you know, and you know what my dad would do? My dad would just say, come, come, come. And just, once he shifts the chair a little bit, it will expose the past area. What, what was that? That's correction. But you know, if you hate that, today, you will still struggle to clean the house. So correction builds you for the future Proverbs Chapter 29 Verse 15 Proverbs chapter 29 Verse 15 The rod and reproof give wisdom But a child Who gets his own way Brings shame to his mother if you raise a child without correction That child will bring shame to you It's the same way If you are raised Without receiving correction You will bring shame not only to your parents You will bring shame to yourself The Lord And reproof give wisdom Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24 This is talking about raising up children Proverbs 13 24 He who withhold his rod Hates his son but he will love him, disciplines him diligently. Right? If you love your child, you will discipline your child. If you withhold the rod, the Bible says you hate your child. And I want to say this to parents. I want to say this to parents. Okay? This attitude of you as a mother or a father, you, when they are disciplining the child, you prove that you love the child more than the mother. You are destroying that child. In fact, one of, the, one, of the, one of the things myself and my wife agreed very early when we were getting married was, listen, if anybody is disciplining any of the children, you stay off. When we are done, we can sort out if we have differences in the room. Alright? Not your wife will take the child and want to discipline the child. I said, that's my only boy, oh, that's my only boy. What, what nonsense is that? Eh? Or your husband wants to discipline the child and you are playing the love the love them, the love. No, the Bible says if you are withholding the rod, you hit the, the child. You hit the child. Some of us are the way we are because we didn't have correction. Parents allowed us to do anything we can. Hmm? Sometimes we think that once we allow children to have their way, we love them. And what we say, I don't want my children to go through the things I went through. Not a problem. Welcome. Proverbs 19, 18. Discipline your son while there is hope. Correct him while there is still hope. And do not desire his death. When I read this, I mean, I read this yesterday night, I was thinking. It says, it says if you don't discipline your child, actually what you are desiring is his death. Are you, are you following this? Come on. I said, are you following this? Yes, have young children today who struggle to greet. You know, it's a struggle to greet. You have to beg them. I greet now. <laughs> he said, I've greeted. When? Say you did not hear. You two now accept the girl. okay, I think I heard. You don't even know who is speaking the truth anymore. Huh? You see your child being rude to adults. And he say, that's how uh, my child can talk. Oh. And the child is rude. He said, I can talk. I, he likes to express himself freely. Not a problem. The day he will express himself to courtes and they will slap him. You will know that you desired his death. It's the same thing with our lives. If somebody does not desire your death, it will not withhold correction from you. Look at you and say, no, this person is heading the wrong path. He'll call you back. He'll call you back. He'll call you back. back. Say, don't do this. Don't be happy when you're left alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't, don't be as ah, You're just there. Anything you want to do, anything that comes to your heart, you're just there. Do you realize how long Solomon and his mother and his father sat him down and gave him wisdom and gave him wisdom and gave him wisdom. His mother warned him about strange women. Go ahead and read Proverbs chapter 6, 7 and 8. The same thing that destroyed Solomon. All the wisdom. At the point when you read Ecclesiastes, you will see a confused man. Today we say vanity is upon vanity. Everything is vanity. The man was confused. He didn't listen to wisdom. There was no correction in his life. Not to correct the people you love is to desire their death. Proverbs 13, 18. Poverty and shame come to him who ignores discipline. But whoever hits correction is honored. If you heed correction, if you listen to correction, you'll be honored. Right? How many of you you remember Peter? You know, Peter stood before Jesus and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then Jesus started talking about his cross. And Peter said, You will not go to the cross. And Jesus says, Get thee behind me, Satan. How many of you would like your pastors to tell you, Get thee behind me, Satan? Would you show up in church the next day? Come on, let's be honest. Right, imagine I come this morning and I say, All of you, get the behind me, Satan. Are you sure you're going to come for first service next Sunday? Come on, are you sure? Would you still be the disciple of Jesus? No, let's be honest. I mean, let's think through it. I mean, it's not like, would you still be the disciple of Jesus? You just finished giving a powerful revelation. And then just imagine you're walking with Jesus. You just finished giving a powerful revelation like, Pastor, we're going to take the city. Bam! And I say, wow! That something that God revealed this thing to you. And the next very moment, the next very moment, you say something, and I say, get it behind me, Satan. and say, my pastor has emotional problems. Are you sure you're going to come to church? Come on, if everybody tells you why you're not coming to church, what are you going to say? My pastor, My pastor called me Satan. Do you think somebody is going... He said, when he said, get thee behind me, Satan, how many of us were there? And he was pointing to me. Come on, do you think if you tell your wife that your, past, your pastor said, get thee behind me, Satan, your wife will allow you to come back? He said, you see what? You have to respect yourself in this life. <laughs> Because sometimes correction is not palatable. Right? Okay. But you know what? Peter received that correction. Fast forward years later. What happened? On the day of Pentecost, it was Peter who led the church, who preached the gospel. If he had walked away from Jesus then, he would not have been honored as one of the leading apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who regards reproof will be honored. Years after. Years after. I mean, after going through all those massive corrections with my dad. Years after. Then, my dad would travel. I mean, it's not like I'm a very old person. I'm still young. My dad would travel and, and, and leave the church. They were elders. But he would leave the church and, and say, I'm traveling. And he would be out for like a month. And then, there wasn't a lot of money to buy phones and call. And they would come and ask me about something and we couldn't reach my dad and I'll give them a, a, a wisdom solution or give them something. And I can say it boldly today, if you ask my dad for something and you ask me, our answers will be 99% correct at the same time. Whatever my dad will do in a situation, that's what I'll do. Whatever I can take decisions on his behalf, he would come, he would take the same decision. But those things didn't happen by impartation. They happened by correction. He corrected me until I I was fit into that mode. And Peter said, um, Paul said that about Timothy. He says, "I have no one of like mind like Timothy that I can send to you." Constant correction will fine tune you. How many of you have gone to where they do woodwork, right? Not these cut and nail uh, tables you see sometimes that you know you buy a new table. You now say you should just do like this, and by the time you are done, blood is coming from your hands. That's not what I'm talking about. Go to where they do proper wood. Hmm? Go to a do-state where they carve proper woods. Or all, those, all of those stuff. Right? Proper furniture that I'm talking about now. Not just tables. Proper furniture. artwork. You'd see that that fine artwork came out of what? Constant correction. You know why some people don't do things in details? They manage things. Right? This thing is not straight. They just manage it. Nobody's seen it. They are not seeing it. You know that by saying they are not seeing it, they think they have corrected it. That's how some of us are in our life. We just manage things. You're struggling in this area. Just manage. You're struggling. Manage. Manage. You never open up to wisdom. And that thing will self-destroy you. And that's the purpose. Listen, the purpose for Wisdom for Living, why the series always sounds like this, is to correct those areas of your life so you can become perfect, more perfect, in the year that you're entering into. And that's why you should get a hold of these messages and listen to them over and over again and feed yourself. Go back to all the previous years and get the Wisdom for Living series and feed yourself again. He who regards reproof, we be honored. Let's look at this. Okay, sources of correction. Let's take a look at this. Sources of correction. I need to go through this very quickly. Whoa, sources of correction. So, I'm just going to give you the scriptures because our time is running, and I need and I want to finish this. Sources of correction. Number one, God corrects. So, I'll give you all the scriptures, okay? Because of our time, I really want to finish this. Sources of correction. Everybody say sources of correction. Number one, God corrects. Job 5.17 Behold, how happy is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. God can correct you. God will be speaking to you about things in your life. he saying say, make adjustment in this area. Do this. Do this. Do this. God corrects you. Uh, Proverbs 3.12 For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Proverbs 3.12 For whom the Lord loves, he reproves Even as a father corrects the son In whom he delights If a father loves you, he would correct you The proof of a father's love is what? Correction Number two Pastors and leaders or your mentors And this is an area where we are struggling with pastoring in the 21st century you your, your pastor people you cannot correct. And it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah? The truth of the matter is, let me tell you something. The truth of the matter is that, and I talk about this when I talk about the purpose of the fivefold ministry, you shouldn't go to a church where the pastor cannot correct you. And that's why in as much as we're doing online stuff and all of this stuff, you see, the local church is God's idea. Because it's the local church is where there's oversight over your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're following someone in the U.S. That's your spiritual father. The person does not know whether you exist. You're just listening to his message. Listening to his message, You can batter your wife. Do all kinds of rubbish in the house. And the man, I mean you send email. He might even go to his family. He doesn't even know that you are alive. No. You've got to be in the context of a local church. You can't have a pastor that can't correct. You. And I tell you, if every pastor will open their mouth and tell you the number one struggle pastoring in this age does is that you have people who sit down and listen to you every single Sunday morning and you cannot speak into their life. Cannot. Because if your wife says, I'm going to report you to pastors, I will change church. And that's the truth. I mean, you know it. I mean, you just come and you say, ah, my husband did this. I just, "Ah, I want to see what happened. My wife doesn't come to see you. Say, sir, I'm busy, sir. I'm busy. And then from there, he's not coming to church anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. When a man, when God calls a man to become your pastor, God in his grace has given him supernatural wisdom to help you. Especially a pastor who is not after your money, who is not after his God is giving him that grace. And it's a grace to cancel you and put your life right. So your pastor, your leader, your mentor, sources of correction. Having a mentor who cannot correct you is a waste of time. You don't just have a mentor because you want to appear in pictures with them. You have a mentor who can speak into your life who can correct you. There are projects i wanted to do and my mentor says, no, don't do it. And I stop it. Early days of my ministry, every invitation I get till tomorrow, I submit it to my dad. Every invitation. Anywhere I'm preaching, I'll send it to him. Like, oh, I was invited to preach in this place. he said, yeah. He'll say, okay. I remember something that happened a couple of, I think, two years ago. I was to go to the U.S. And miraculously, I got my visa and then I got an invitation to preach. And I forgot to tell my dad. And then somebody bought my ticket for me. I mean, <laughs> my wife is my witness. I struggled for three days. How will I tell my dad I'm traveling to the U.S.? Invitation is ready. Ticket is ready. How? How? I mean, because before I accepted invitation, I normally would speak to him about it. I mean, I took three days to pray, Lord. Because if my dad had said, "I don't think you should make that trip, or you've traveled too much. I think you should stay with the church. I won't move. Doesn't matter. I will not." And I took almost two or three days to just pray about that, Father. And I, I just told him, well, I've been invited to the U.S., but somehow the ticket had already been bought and everything. He said, oh, you can go. I mean, I, I dropped the phone and I ran. <sighs> you will just get up and just make decisions about your life. Then when they call, he say, ah, oh, I don't come up for time since two years now. <laughs> I mean, you just, no accountability, nothing. Huh? Let's, let's leave that The word of God The word of God can correct you Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 All scripture is inspired by God And profitable for doctrine For teaching, for reproof, for correction For training in righteousness When you read the word of God It should correct you Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you read God's word There is something in the word that should correct you And train you for righteousness When you read the word. When you read the word. Every morning I should do your quiet time. Something in the word should correct you. Number four. Your friends. Your friends. Let me me do this quickly. Your friends. And this is very dicey. Because sometimes your friends do not tell you the truth. Proverbs 27 and verse 5. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. That correction will cause you wound. But the Bible says that's a a faithful wound. It's a good one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Better is open rebuke. Better is open reprimand of loving correction than love that is hidden. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve his hidden agenda. Many people have friends that they cannot correct because they are afraid of losing friendships. The need to belong and feel wanted would easily lead to compromise. You don't have friends, you can correct. Your greatest struggle will be correcting your friends or receiving correction from your friends. I I, I read this book, and I I need to finish this. I read this book called um, Is It Lawful? Uh, It was published in, in 1989 by a man called Bill Cruz. And this, this is, I'm reading from the book the, 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 the quote I got from the book is Give me truth, give me the truth Now listen carefully It says, if you are my friend If you are concerned about my soul Give me the truth Do not flatter me Do not praise my virtues While remaining silent about my vices Do not fear, the truth will offend me Do not treasure our friendship Our friendly relations above my salvation Do not think that by ignoring my sins You can help me do not think that by being blind to my sins will prove you are charitable. However I might react to it, whatever may be my attitude towards you after you've, got, you've done it, give me the truth. For the truth and only the truth can make me free from the shackles of sin. Strengthen me in the pathway of righteousness And lead me to the joys of heaven If I'm wavering, weak, lukewarm Indifferent, neglectful If I've been overtaken in a trespass if, if I've been drawn into the pleasures of the world If I've left my first love If I've been led astray by error Or if I've done none of these things But simply need to grow in the knowledge And then be edified Give me the truth What is he saying? It says don't flatter me to my own destruction Don't ignore my sins because you don't want to correct me. Says, give me the truth. You should have friends who would give you the truth. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Four reasons why it is hard to receive correction. Four reasons why it is hard to receive correction. Number one, it is rarely delivered in a completely pleasing manner or context. Sometimes, the way the correction comes, the person didn't say it right. Okay? I mean, we, we, I mean, it's also good to correct people right. But probably the person didn't say it right or didn't tell you at the right time. And because of that, you just ignore the correction totally. Okay? This sometimes happens between couples. Okay, And that's why sometimes you try as much as we can To correct people publicly you could, you could pull them aside and correct them Number two, the person who delivered it is flawed Maybe even more flawed than we are So you know the person's fault And you know people take that scripture right I don't want to go there Say remove the plank in your eye Before you tell me to remove what The speck in my eye How many of us, how many of us <laughs> Look at that scripture you know, somehow we interpret that scripture that you shouldn't correct people until you're perfect. But that's not what that scripture is talking about. We spend time to, to look at it. So sometimes when somebody corrects you in your mind, you are like, Who are you to correct me? You also have your own faults. The fact that I have my faults doesn't mean what I'm saying is wrong. Are, are you here? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes because the person is flawed or you know the person's faults, you don't receive from them anymore. Number three, we love ourselves a lot, we are quick to hurt. Corrections are not to hurt your feelings They are to make you better So we, we always hurt hmm? You correct Maybe you correct your child And then he cries Or you correct someone And then they call it back to their Or they are no more happy After a while you will not be choosing Do I want their happiness or I want their correction eh? This is for single people hmm? Sometimes that's why certain things Don't get dealt with in relationship Because you correct the person you are in relationship with Then for two days they don't pick your call Eh? Call, brr, 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 say send text. I'm busy. You know they are not busy. You know it's the correction they are responding to. So next time when they do something wrong, you're asking yourself, Do I want two days of silence, or do I? Want, and then you just let it go. And it builds up, builds up until it becomes a crack in your marriage. <sighs> Come on, how many of you think we should respond better to correction? Number four, we are self-deceived about our true condition. That's what I talked about in the beginning. Everybody thinks, I'm good. I'm right. I'm justified in making this decision. Hmm? Yeah. I'm justified in making this decision. You know, one day my dad my dad taught me how to respond. We were in a car. We were going somewhere. And um, these guys came. All these touts and ticket issues. And blah, blah, noise everywhere. The, the, the driver got involved. Passengers got involved. And then my dad was... You know, just there calmly trying to resolve the situation afterwards. So, I was also getting angry and I was shouting. So, when we, when we, when we got there, he now said, So, why were you shouting that time? Ah! I almost shouted. <laughs> like, but you he, he now said, do you, do, he, he, he told me two things. He said, number one, When the people passing see you and those people, Do you think they will tell the difference who is normal? I said no. Then he now, my dad always corrected me with his scripture. He now turns to the scriptures and says, "A soft answer turns away rough. He said, you didn't act on the word. And then he showed me another scripture. The anger of man doesn't work the righteousness of God. You you think if you've done something wrong, no matter how angry I am, we now carry cheer and now fight each other. We must correct this church. We now finish fighting each other. Then we now stand aside and say, yeah, we have solved the problem. You think we've worked the righteousness of God? Hmm? A soft answer turns away wrath, And that's why, (laughs) I mean, God has helped me. I mean, I'm still growing. But God has helped me. Things can go... "Ah!" And then I just try. I remember those two scriptures. Every time I'm angry, those two scriptures come to my mind. Three scriptures come to my mind that helps me to deal with my anger. Anger rests in the bosom of fools, that means it stays there. Number two, soft answer turns away off. Number three, the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Are you still here? All right, how to receive correction? Moses' example. You know, the scripture says, Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. Alright? Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. But you know, God called Moses to lead the children of Israel. Right? God appeared to him in a burning bush. Nobody had such a miraculous encounter with God. But you know, Moses was leading wrongly. He was doing all the work himself. Then you know what happened? His father-in-law came to him in Exodus chapter 18 and says, Moses, what you are doing is not good. He says, Listen to me and gave him advice of how to delegate leaders. And you know what happened? The scripture says in Exodus 18:24. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Imagine as powerful as Moses was, who corrected his leadership style? His father-in-law. Hmm? Imagine if you were Moses. God appeared to you in the burning bush. You are leading over three, 3 million children of Israel to the promised land. And your father-in-law now comes and says, I don't think you are leading right. You say, "Ah, no, 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 no. no, I paid right price. I want you to just know your boundary. But imagine who God used to correct him. Some things, let me tell you very, very quickly. And very importantly. Some things in this life, God will not correct you. It's the men around you. That would correct you. If you don't listen to them, you'll be on your own. His father-in-law corrected him. He says, So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Samuel was corrected. Samuel corrected Saul, the king. First Samuel 13:13. 13, 13. He says, You have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, for which he commanded you. Did Saul agree or respond positively to the correction of, of, um, of Samuel? No. He said, Honor me before these people. His ego got on the way. What happened to him? He lost the throne. Again, Prophet Nathan corrected David, Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 7 to 9, when he took uh Bathsheba. And what happened? David said, Oh, I'm sorry. And repented before the Lord. Repented before the prophet. The prophet corrected two kings. One responded positively. One responded negatively, and we know the end results of their life. Hebrews chapter twelve. We read two more scriptures, and we're done. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse eleven. How do you? How do we receive correction? We act like Moses, regardless of the experiences we've had, regardless of how big we are. Got to listen. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse eleven. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. But afterwards, there will be a harvest of right living for those who are trained this way. I like Psalm 141 verse 5. It says, Should the righteous ones strike me with reproof, it will be an act of loyal love. Let's put that sum up. Psalm 141 verse 5. It says, If a righteous man corrects me, Hmm? Let the righteous smite me in the kindness and reprove me. It is the oil upon the head. Do not let my head refuse it. Don't let my head refuse correction. Don't let my head refuse correction. He says, let the righteous man, it's, it's like let the righteous one smite me. Let it in his kindness, let him correct me. I pray for you this year, that God will give you a heart that listens to correction. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for you that by the Spirit of God, everywhere you are erring, the Lord will send someone or will send people your way that would correct you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, uh, praise God. Okay, let's 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 take the announcement.